0: Ladies and gentlemen,
1: welcome to Jose Canseco Cast, a podcast about baseball legend Jose Canseco, with your hosts Jeff May and Adam Todd Brown. Hey, everybody! Hey, welcome, bienvenidos. <laughs> there it is, a Jose can, say can say cast. cast
0: welcome to jose Consecast, cast a podcast about jose can say co my hero is he your up. hero one of growing up absolutely he was i grew up in illinois so my hero was somebody was a gangster well yeah somebody. larry hoover
1: <laughs> yeah founder of the gangster disciples right i had three walter payton michael jordan
0: ryan, ryan sandberg. sandberg i knew you're right oh baby i knew you're gonna say sandberg he was great yeah I he had was his 84 tops card
1: yeah, he was fantastic, but
0: I was way into Conseco as a kid. I tell you what, so my introduction to real baseball, other than just it being on in the house, I was seven and I got sick. My dad bought me a box of 88 Tops. Nice. Not a particularly fantastic set. It's not a great year. It's not were... the wood grain. Is no, it? that's eighty seven. That's eighty seven. Wood grain's eighty seven. Eighty eight has the little banner going across the corners. Yeah. And then eighty nine has the little kind of swooshy. Eighty six was a good year. Eighty six was great. Black cards with pastel colored yeah. names. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Eighty six was great.
0: And eighty six, we'll talk we'll about talk it lot at lot one point. That, yeah.
1: But eighty six is a very important baseball card year for jose canseco
0: yeah jose canseco his rookie year as far as the baseball card world as far as is baseball cards yeah i had grails i had the 86 Donruss rated rookie on my want list never got it i had a
1: few you had the 86 rated rookie i was in the thick of collecting baseball cards then because my baseball card collecting years ran from 84 to 90 yeah or 89 somewhere around okay. there so Jose Canseco, was, that rookie card was right in the right, thick. Right, literal middle of it, yeah. And my dad was so engaged in collecting baseball cards with me. He very much encouraged it. He took me to baseball card shows. I went to some shows with my dad. Yeah. I met Joe DiMaggio as a child at wow. a baseball card show. And my dad That's went. That's where he has gone. Yeah. When each season's cards would come out, my dad would just go to the store and buy a few like boxes, a case, yeah. and we would fucking come home and just open them up.
0: Them. I remember getting a ninety, a box of 91 Fleer. That was like a thing I really wanted.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a
0: hideous set.
1: Fleer was always my least favorite. They had those painting cards, though, that I just loved
0: so much. Oh, right, right. They were like their version of the Dream Team or whatever. Yeah. I just was obsessed with those cards. Yeah. And, and Canseco was my guy. Remember the 88 score Dream Team Canseco card? With him and Maguire? No, the Dream Team card where he was shirtless. And oh, yeah. Jeans. It was like 88 or 89 score. I think it was 89, actually. It's like, come on, Jose. No, man. He was a fucking Adonis. <laughs> he was. I was listening to, I was reading slash listening to a book about Barry Bonds, and his inspiration to do steroids was Jose Canseco because he saw Canseco at some charity event And Canseco had taken his shirt off, and Bonds was like, fuck, man. Yeah. What do you do? And Jose's like, I'll tell you what I do. (laughs) I'll tell you what I do. See, the thing is, is he wasn't stingy with that information. He wanted to help out his competitors. Yeah. People competing against him. Well, that's how he got into it. He asked a friend. Yeah. And that friend was like. And they tell two friends. Right. And they tell two friends. It's like a pyramid And so on. And so on. (laughs) a pyramid scheme of shriveled testicles and back hair. Yeah, and angry back acne and road rage. Well, anyway, so we were looking in who to do a podcast on. Right. And that kind of came up. You were like, well, what about this? I was like, I want this. I called dibs on it. It took me less than half a second. I loved Jose Canseco. One of the last teams he played for was in my hometown in Worcester, Massachusetts. Yeah, he did play for the White
1: Sox also at one point. But fuck yeah. the White Sox. I'm a Cubs fan. Fuck
0: them yeah
1: but shout out Um, to alex schmidt he's a white socks everybody loves
0: alex schmidt everyone
1: loves alex so
0: i'm really excited to do this
1: yeah if you're listening to this and haven't listened to the others we've been doing a lot of podcasts like this lately where we'll do six episode seasons about one person or one band it started with heart Shape pod which was me and travis clark and eventually andy sell talking about the band nirvana which there's like 30 some episodes of that and then we realized we should probably break these up into seasons so then we did limp biscuit corn me and carrie did mariah Carey like that and now here's me and jeff doing jose canseco jose canseco probably the best musician of all possibly the best musician there is yeah it's like a biography podcast juiced because he was juiced he was juiced.
0: He was juiced
1: so yeah we're talking about jose canseco I feel like we'll be able to get through the entire story
0: in six episodes. I would think so. Because it's funny because I think for a lot of times there's a lot of chronology on these types of episodes. But with Jose, I think you have to be more categoric. Yeah, you want to cover his stuff. You're going to have to jump around a little.
1: Like steroids are going to come up every episode. You we can't, can't not. We can't wait to talk about steroids because he starts using them pretty early in his career.
0: Yeah. yeah. All you got to do is make a promise. Yeah. I will do steroids. Dear mama, I will do steroids. Yeah. And so here we go. He, uh, I like how impressive he was before steroids. Yeah. He got drafted straight out of high school, which that happens a lot. It does. With baseball and, players. Yeah. They get farmed. and Yeah. Know. But a lot of times they
1: go to college. Right. And the baseball draft, it works kind of weird where if you go to college, then you're not eligible for a few more years yeah. or something like that. So he went straight out of high school, which we're glossing over a lot of his yeah. childhood. He was born in so, fucking Havana, born Cuba. Born in Cuba.
0: He was there for like a very short time. There
1: very briefly. And then his parents fled the Castro yeah. regime, yeah, basically. they were very
0: capitalist.
1: And then resettled in Cuba. Yeah. In Miami. Yeah, in Miami. And Jose Canseco went to Miami Coral Park High School. And one thing that comes up in his biography is he didn't make the varsity team until his senior year. But you hear that a lot about Jordan, too, and it's like, that's not that rare. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah that's fine. That's, that's what his... the
1: varsity team is for, and yeah. players improve and learn at different paces. Yeah.
0: He didn't reach the best until he was best. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, that is
1: 100% how that works. Right. And he was MVP of the junior varsity team his junior yeah. year, and then MVP of the varsity team his senior year.
0: Yeah, So and he and graduates then he... Uh, in 82. Right. Oh, uh, fucking old ass. I had just been born. I was six. They, I was just born when they went to celebrate Jose. 82
1: is actually my first experience with baseball cards because Burger King, they did this weird thing where they had baseball cards that they put out and each one was individually wrapped in cellophane. Yeah. And the first baseball card I ever remember seeing was a Burger King Robin Yount card. Oh, and it hell was like yeah. eighty-two, eighty-three, Solid mustache. something. Like
0: oh yeah. Guy always was like, oh, is Larry Bird playing? Yeah, now? he looked a lot like Larry Bird.
1: But yeah, got drafted straight out of high school to the pros. By
0: Oakland. By the Oakland A's. Yeah. Which is where I think most people know Jose Canseco from. That's it. So he was there, drafted by the A's, and he was really good. He was good right away. Yeah. That is a big advantage I think
1: baseball holds over other sports in that they are willing to let young people who are really talented just go right into the league. Yeah, and learn on the job. Right, as opposed to the NBA, which has the one-and-done rule, which is some racist bullshit. It's dumb. Yeah.
0: I don't think it's so much racist as it is a way to keep these colleges in tax-free money.
1: Yeah, and what you're seeing now, there's this prospect who, I think he plays in Australia, and everyone was like, oh, what college is he going to commit to? And he was like, I'm not. I'm going to go play in China until the NBA wants me. And then China can pay me until then. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck. What if every kid starts doing that? Every kid
0: should fucking every start, kid doing should that. start
1: doing that yeah, shit. Yeah, I'll do
0: that. I'll play in Greece. Yeah. It's like, oh, what if you get
1: hurt in Greece?
0: What if you get hurt at Duke? Duke's yeah. not going to take care Duke's of you. Duke's going to be like, sorry, you lost your scholarship. That's what Duke's yeah. going to do. Good luck graduating now, fuckface. Yeah, enjoy your three ballroom dancing classes <laughs> that you're not even showing up to. The NCAA is a fucking scam. It is. It really is. And that's another reason baseball is probably my favorite sport. The American pastime, because they're like, fuck the NCAA. Yeah, fuck them. So he's drafted and is immediately great. Yeah. Like, he's fantastic. He was compared to Mickey Mantle constantly. As a teen, basically. Yeah,
1: which is nuts, because if you're not familiar, Mickey Mantle is one of the greatest baseball players of all time
0: definitely the most productive alcoholic yeah possibly of all time he really as an alcoholic like hemingway levels of productivity but mantle's fucking forearms mantle's known for like having tree trunk forearms i remember
1: yeah i'm always surprised because when they compare jose canseco to mickey mantle one of the things i'm always
0: surprised to hear about mantle is how fast he was Because he doesn't look fast. Muscle-bound men don't always look fast, but you got to remember, they're like fucking race horses. Yeah. Every pound on their body is designed for function. Right. So, yeah, they're going to be fucking fast. I met Mickey Mantle as a child. Yeah,
1: like a hospital, I think? Yeah, my mom worked at a hospital, and I forget what Mickey Mantle was in town for. But she was like a liver probably yeah. But she was like, he's coming to the children's ward to hand out autograph pictures, and I was like, well, I'm on top of that, like, and <laughs> I, <laughs> I show up at the hospital and I'm following Mickey Mantle around, and his people keep handing me these printed out autograph pictures where he's signed it, and then they just made copies, and I'm like, that's not an autograph, that's a picture that's is. of an autograph, and that is not what I'm here for and they just kept me at bay at bay and I gave up and left and then when I left there was a limo sitting in front of the entrance and I was like oh I wonder who that's for so I just waited for Mickey. And Mantle who got and out come out
0: Jose Canseco Jose
1: Canseco and here we are and he signed Mickey Mantle yeah <laughs> right came out myself. punched me told <laughs> me to leave Mickey Mantle alone yeah <laughs> injected me with steroids <laughs> in the neck and just that's how that went See, and and that's that's how, how we're doing this podcast. That's how Jose got you hooked on steroids. Yeah. It's a yeah. big problem in the 80s. He was real grassroots. Yeah. <laughs> like too short selling tapes out of his trunk.
0: Yeah. I was thinking, like <laughs> a, injecting kids out of a limo. And that's the story of how baseball was born. That's uh, how it was born. Great. Yeah. I'll link
1: to all of these articles on the Patreon and on unpops.com. But I found a 1985 article, July 1985. That is, it's about Jose playing for the Tacoma Tigers of the Pacific Coast League, which would be a triple-A team, I believe. Triple or double-A? I think this was triple-A, because he ends up getting called up to the majors okay. shortly oh, yeah. after this article. Because this was July 85, and he makes his debut in 85. Probably yeah. in the in September, teams are
0: allowed to expand their roster yeah. and call that, up more Yeah, people. that's not a thing you wait on. You don't wait on pulling up yeah. Jose Canseco. You just... Bring him in. I remember Gary Sheffield. There's a story about Gary Sheffield. He got brought up when he was 19, and he said, took you long enough (laughs) when he got brought in. Yeah. And then Jose Canseco gave him steroids. You know who would
1: be, after we do Canseco, and this always happens on these podcasts, I get eight minutes in and go, ooh, who should we do next? 86 Mets would be.
0: Damn, dude.
1: That would be an interesting fucking podcast. Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry.
0: And fucking Gary Carter clutching his Bible. Yeah, Keith Hernandez fucking smoking in the dugout. Keith Hernandez doing lines of coke (laughs) with the world's biggest nose. I saw a Keith Hernandez baseball card. I think it might have been 89 Tops, where it looks like he's wearing Groucho glasses. (laughs) I thought that was like a bit. Yeah. I thought he was doing a bit. Even as a kid, I was like, "That's (laughs) that's not right. Yeah, there's a
1: really famous picture of Keith Hernandez just smoking in the dugout. Fuck, yeah, it's yeah, just quintessential. Yeah, the 86 Mets would yeah. be a crazy one. That would be. So he was batting 425. He was batting 425 pulled up in A, and then gets pulled up to AAA and is batting 525 by the time this article That's comes out. insane, by the way. Yeah, to go to the next level and your performance improves. Like normally people need some sort of aid or benefit to make that happen. That's nuts.
0: Yeah. How do you put it? To swing and hit a baseball is very difficult. Have you ever played baseball? Yes. Yeah, it's hard. And anybody who does it three out of 10 times is considered a league leader. Oh, yeah. One out of two is unbelievable. Yeah. Batting 500. People don't even bat 400 anymore. 406 was the greatest, right? Yeah, that 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 was Ted Williams, and that was
1: a long time ago. Yeah. The closest anyone's come since... Tony Gwynn was batting 390-something, and then there was a strike that season, and the season ended. Yikes. So, yeah. Sorry, Tony. Yeah. Racist. Not him, but I mean, <laughs> that process
0: was racist. They were now,
1: like, we can't let Ted Williams get. We got it on the record. Tony Gwynn, super racist. Rest in peace, Tony Gwynn. RIP San Diego's hmm So, yeah, this is a quote from... This article. Everybody you talk to says he has Mantle's power and Mantle's speed. I've been here 26 years working with the club, and we've never had this before. That is Stan
0: Nacarado, Tacoma's general manager. Imagine having that dude just on the way up, coming through, and you're just like, "Oh, you're gonna be insane! Yeah, you're gonna be
1: out of control." I was lucky enough when I was way, way into baseball like I just mentioned when I was super collecting cards, there was also a minor league team in my town. I grew up in Peoria, yeah. Illinois, and I actually saw Jose Canseco play in, it would have been, I think, 83
0: was there a buzz, and that' why you went, or was it a coincidence?
1: It was a coincidence because, like, I was just getting into baseball, and my dad was like, "Oh, you know, there's a minor league team. Why don't we go to a game?" And it turned out to be at at that time, Peoria's minor league team was the Peoria Suns, which was a single A affiliate of the California Angels. And the game we went to it was the Madison Muskies. They were playing the Madison Muskies, and that was jose canseco's team man jose canseco in madison wisconsin man yeah Must yeah been cleaning up i saw so many fucking legends play when they were just little Dude, babies. minor league baseball is fucking awesome yeah and the only major high profile player who was ever an asshole to me as a kid greg maddox greg maddox you say greg maddox was a dick
0: No, well, that's why he never got a fastball
1: didn't really need one
0: yeah he was no.
1: pretty fucking good.
0: Yeah, you could put it anywhere. But uh also. yeah.
1: I saw Greg Maddox, Jose Canseco, Rafael Palmero, Mark Grace. Yeah. yeah. Lots of steroids. Mark Grace, the eighty eight Donruss
0: rated rookie. Yeah.
1: yeah. I uh mailed a girl a Mark Grace rookie card once over summer break when we were in school because she uh was talking about how much she liked Mark Grace and I was like, Give me them digits.
0: Yeah, using another dude as your wingman. Hell yeah. Your cardboard dude. Yeah.
1: Cardboard wingman, how'd it go? Didn't work. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. What a fucking asshole How dare she, she was.
0: not give you that phone number after you mailed her a marker? Well, you she put, gave me her address. Was it in a rigid top loader? A what? You know, a little plastic. Did you put it in the uh, plastic? no. I just That's fucking. That's why,
1: dude. Because I didn't think she was going to have those same standards as me it when it came to baseball you cards. You always
0: assume she's going to have those standards, man. Yeah, Come I guess on. so. Sarah, Sorry. Sorry, Sarah, on behalf of Adam Todd Brown, I'm sorry. Yeah, god damn and it. And on behalf of Jose Canseco and Mark Grace, I'm very sorry, Sarah.
1: Yeah, if you're still at that same address, I'm going to fire sorry. out another
0: Mark Grace rookie <laughs> to you. a good 25-cent purchase <laughs> on the old eBay. Yeah,
1: if you could send me 65 cents in return.
0: Actually. <laughs> More expensive, the card or the stamp? You now think?
1: that I think about it, I didn't send it. Because what happened is I I was like, I sent the card because we had talked about it. And I said I was going to send this card. And I didn't want to seem like desperate, even as a kid. I didn't want to seem like, oh, I'm just sending you a card because I like you. So I asked her to send me 35 cents back. And then after I sealed it, I was like, that's lame. I shouldn't do that. And then I just never reopened it and resent it. Oh. And then the first day of school the next year, she was like, you never sent me that card. Here you go. Yeah. Here you we still go. had it. I know. But by then, it's like, I already went through all of You could have played it
0: cool and you could have been like, yeah, man, I'm sorry, I was pretty busy, but here you go. Yeah. Bam. I got robbed. You're like a cool guy. I got robbed on the way I to got, the post office. I got robbed by Mark Grace. <laughs> so, you mailing my fucking cards? Yeah. You're mailing my fucking cards? <laughs> Mail them out, kid. Uh, so, yeah,
1: he was pretty fucking great. He was a fucking beast, man. Immediately. But one thing worth noting. And I don't know how it lines up with him going from double A AA to triple A, where his batting average goes up by 100 percentage points. But
0: around this time, he also tries steroids for the first yeah. time. Yeah, and this, is, this comes into a lot of family pain. Yeah, his mom died. Yeah, in 84, he gets a call, and hits his sister, and she's like, you got to come home fast. And he was like, all right. And his mom had been suffering from headaches before that. And she
1: went into a medically-induced coma, I believe. She went into a coma. By the time he got there, she was she was on a ventilator. Yeah, yeah she was he a was, vegetable. She was brain dead. And he makes her a promise because yeah. she'd never seen him play professional baseball. So she makes him this promise that, or he makes her this promise that he is going to become the greatest baseball player.
0: It's funny because... I was listening to an interview with him where somebody recanted this story to him and he kind of is like, well, there's a bit of a tall tale aspect to that. Cause my mother had already gone when I made this promise. And he's like, and I also said, I would become the greatest player I possibly could. And people kind of took that as being like, he said he was going to be the greatest baseball player in a whole world. Oh yeah. And it was just like, no, I was kind of just telling my dead mom that I was going to try my hardest in a prayer. What's crazy is
1: this version of the story also comes from Jose Canseco.
0: Wow. It's from an interview with Oprah Winfrey. And this is going to tie into a theme that we're going to have for the next five and a half episodes, which is which story of Jose Canseco's is correct. Right. Because there is a lot of back and forth. There is a lot of him going back, misremembering things purposefully, misremembering things accidentally. It's interesting. It is, yeah.
1: I'm interested to see how my opinion of him is impacted by doing research into him. Yeah. Because you're it's
0: studying him now. It's like it's a yeah. science project instead of just being like, oh, that's all they can say. You. Yeah. You go
1: into that one way, like we did the Nirvana podcast and we all went in just really avid Kurt Cobain fans and came out the other end going, yeah, the music's fine, but that guy was the biggest dick in the history of the world. Sure. Yeah. He was a terrible fucking person. Yep. And maybe we'll find out Jose Canseco's great.
0: And he's just, I don't think he's a bad person. Yeah. I think a lot of the, I don't want to say cult of personality, but sort of the reputation that he has garnered. I think there is a bit of a mix of circumstantial evidence. Right. I think Cause we'll talk about this later, but like he gets arrested for battery and his first wife. Oh yeah. And he didn't hit her. Their cars hit. Oh, like, okay. Their cars bumped into each other and Weird. that was it. And it's like, I don't necessarily think that it was like a complete accident, but the image that I had is that he was beating his he's wife. Punching his wife with his massive yeah. tree stump arm. Yeah. Right. Like, oof. yeah. So his mom dies in 84 and then he's just like, I'm going to start taking some roids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what he does is
1: he makes his mom this promise, and then he goes and seeks out a friend who he suspected was using performance-enhancing drugs. And this is a quote. I asked him, what could I use to become bigger, faster, stronger? I started there using PEDs.
0: And so this was 84. Yeah. So all of that. That was back when steroids were, like, real iffy, too. Yeah. Stuff now, you can probably be like, oh, yeah, this gets me bigger. Yeah, back back then. then, This is for horses. Right, right. You're going to become a horse with this.
1: Have you ever looked into the history of steroids in sports?
0: I listened to a lot of it when I was doing the Barry Bonds book. They cover a lot of it.
1: Do they cover that first San Diego Chargers team? No. There's a I think it's the 64 Chargers are credited <laughs> credited with being the first major professional sports team to really embrace steroids and in 65 they were great. Hell yeah, they were. (laughs) They were fantastic. Oh, hell yeah. Just a fucking bunch of sacks of muscle. And that's the thing about steroids. Like, Jose Canseco has made the argument that steroids, like, they help, but
0: they don't help a baseball player that much. you don't get better at baseball. You get better at the strength-based concepts. Well, what you get better at is recovering. Yeah. And
1: what's... well, what's really interesting about the baseball scandal is, or the steroid scandal, is we always talk about the home run hitters, but by position. Pitchers. Pitchers were the most suspended position during the steroid scandal. And it's because pitching, you need to recover fast. I yeah. pitched when I played baseball, and it wrecks your fucking arm. Like yeah. your arm throbs for days after that. And recovering faster from something like that is going to be a huge benefit. Yeah. But. It doesn't help your hand eye coordination.
0: No, you're not going to make better contact.
1: No, you'll just hit the ball further if you, you might it, be able maybe. to swing
0: a little faster. but that's not going to bat create, speed. Yeah,
1: better bat. Like speed. it doesn't
0: not help. Hopefully, right. I can say, go saying it's overrated. Well, maybe it's overrated, sure, but it certainly does. It does help because home runs are based on bat speed, not how big the arms are of the person that swings. Right. So I guess the more muscle you put on, obviously, the faster your bat's going to move. You can't pretend that that's not the thing well but at the same
1: time that doesn't hold true with pitchers the bigger your arm is your arm speed actually goes
0: down after well, a i would while. think so because that's like a catapult yeah yeah so that's why tall guys make great pitchers yeah they do because they have that longer fucking stupid fucking arm randy johnson looking like a fucking fucking hitting creature
1: with their pitches oh <laughs> let's do a entire season about randy johnson
0: Dude. hitting that seagull with a fastball when zach from portugal the man was a kid in arizona when he was like 16 he saw randy johnson at like 4 a.m at a general store (laughs) because he was going fishing or something he used to go up there to go fishing and he's just like that's a weird thing to have to process at four o'clock in the morning fuck yeah just be like i think that's celebrity pitcher and gross giant randy johnson yeah i shared an
1: elevator ride with kareem abdul jabbar once and was like what do i do
0: what do i do did I tell you when I babysat those four basketball legends? No. I got a job as a PA on um, NBA finals bumpers that were like brought to you by 22 Jump Street. So here was my job. Job one, I had to be Channing Tatum's lighting double. Sure. To make sure they could get all the lighting right. Then I had to go write ice cubes cue cards. <laughs> Fun. Cube cards, as I like to Cube them card, call Cube cards, sure. Did that did not go well, by the way. They did not like my writing style. They were like, you write like a fucking idiot. And I was like, I told you that before you made me do it. (laughs) Uh, My writing is not neat. And then I just had to go and hang out upstairs of a boys and girls club in Santa Monica and babysit Dr. J, Robert Ory, Clyde Drexler, and Moses Malone. Jesus. And I have a photo of Moses Malone just staring longingly outside of this. (laughs) I was like, click. (laughs) Click. Violate in an NDA. Hell yeah! And he was watching Ice Cube take pictures of Ride Along on Blu-ray because that's what Ice Cube <laughs> was doing everywhere. He'd be like, "Ride Along on Blu-ray, get it?"
1: Was he just carrying a copy with him so he could yes whip it out when he takes pictures with people?
0: Yeah, that's smart. He would go to other like certain areas and he would just be like, "Let's take this photo of me holding a copy of Ride Along on Blu-ray." <laughs> you know, when that's you smart. Want yeah, yeah. And he uh, we had a wonderfully catered meal and he demanded el pollo loco oh come on and i was like wow that's pretty, gross that's pretty down to earth and then somebody else said no that's just hood shit
1: yeah i don't like el pollo loco yeah, It's probably because it's gross yeah so back to jose canseco he gets called up to the majors in 1985
0: yeah because they were like get this beast into the fucking age yeah
1: and it it's at the end of 85 so again i'm assuming it's during the roster expansions that happen in September. So teams can get ready for the playoffs, playoffs yeah. because the baseball season, if you're listening to this, just not as a sports fan at all, the baseball season grueling
0: and it's culminating to an end right now. We're in mid September. So we're yeah, hitting, yeah, we're, hitting, we're yeah, it's the home stretch. This is where we were watching a
1: Cubs Cardinals game with huge playoff implications <laughs> yeah. right before we started
0: recording this. So he comes up for a little bit. It's just a little while. It's the playoffs. He's probably not getting a lot of play, but we see, and I'm going to quote this article here because there's an article in March of 86. So we're talking spring training time. Right. A 1986 New York Times article says, and I quote, weightlifting has molded Jose Canseco into a slugger whom a sculptor would cherish. At six feet, four inches, and 225 pounds, he has the shoulders of a door jamb." He's square-jawed and slim-hipped. Better yet, he appears to be slim-headed. As yet, unaffected by the commotion he's created as baseball's most touted young slugger. Steroids aren't going to keep that head small forever. Nope, no,
1: that's that's going to grow. Yeah, put on things filled with secrets now. Barry Bonds, I think his head grew seven hat sizes when he started taking steroids. (laughs) Yeah, like oh, that's not weird at all. I've just been in the gym. What? Just working on my neck. Wednesday's head day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just clenching his jaw over and over again. Imagine that your fucking crow Magnon dome to go seven sizes <laughs> too big. Like, where do you get hats? Yeah, like I'm. You have novelty 10 gallon hats is the only hats you can wear? I feel like everyone I know is probably like a
1: six and three quarters to a seven and a half. I think I'm like a seven and a half. Yeah, like. I'm how a many, large. So what? Barry Bonds was wearing a size 13 hat or something? What the fuck? Barry
0: Bonds, bobblehead day? To, sc- to scale. <laughs> to scale. you I think the guy, like the equipment manager at the fucking Giants, was just like, okay, Barry, okay. Oh,
1: yeah. All right, yeah. we'll get
0: you a size 18 hat.
1: Yeah, we'll special order that batting helmet for you.
0: They <laughs> just put a punch bowl on his head. <laughs> Fucking football helmet. Uh, Jose Canseco was in the He was. He was a he was an exquisite beautiful man. man. Yeah, he was. Who fucked Madonna. Yeah. As well, a result. Yeah. Yeah, he was in the sex book. Why wouldn't you
1: fuck Madonna? Yeah, I mean. In 89 or whatever. Given like, the choice, yeah. Big Daddy prime, Kane. prime, prime Madonna. Yeah, yeah, that's Justify My Love era
0: Madonna. That's pre-Rodman Madonna.
1: Mm, there it is. There yeah. it is,
0: yeah. Yeah, he... You don't want to go to Madonna after Rodman because you can never compete. With compete Rodman? With Rodman.
1: Yeah, I bet he's got a fucking sea cucumber down there.
0: And not only that, but he's probably just like, all right, now fucking bite a piece of my skin off. It's fine, I like it. <laughs> yeah. You know? He's We're going to slaughter a goat after shit. this. Yeah. You ever done that? It's yeah. Fun. How do you go back to the vanilla-ass regular sex of a person? Yeah, Jose after- Canseco. Yeah, I bet Jose Canseco just fucked like a horse. Yeah, like I feel like just, he probably wasn't good at it. No, but I feel like he was. He gave it a I feel shot. Like he was an experience. It's like climbing
1: a mountain. well. Yeah, I mean, who's not gonna fuck Jose? Like we're saying, who's not like, gonna fuck '89 Madonna? Who's
0: not gonna fuck '89 Jose Canseco? I'll fuck '89 Jose. Yeah, are you kidding me? Just I for was, the story. I was seven to eight at the time, but you know, I'll give it a try. Yeah, I liked him. You don't know what he's into. I collected all his cards. Right. 89 score. He was card number one in that set. Oh, really? Yeah, he was. Nice. Took forever to get that. So,
1: yeah, still more Mickey Mantle comparisons yeah. after. he. Yeah, weightlifting. That's weightlifting
0: what, made him big.
1: That's what was sculpted it? him. The weightlifting? Was it just the weights, you think? Just the weights. Pure oh. weights. And, yeah, like I said, we'll link to all of these. There's another L.A. Times article from April 20th. Stay high all day, y'all. 1986 where they ask Mickey Mantle about these comparisons to Jose Canseco. And Mickey Mantle, I shit you not, at the time, was promoting a baseball instruction video. Like, he was probably too drunk to move at that point, but marketing a baseball workout video. And in this LA Times article, he's like, yeah, I've never heard of him, but he sounds 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 like he's pretty good. Which, by that time, everyone had heard of Jose Canseco. Yeah. Like, if you were just tangentially related to baseball, you knew who Jose I love
0: was. Jose Cuervo. I um, don't know. You don't even know. Mickey Mantle seems like the kind of drunk that would drink 30 beers at a time. Oh, like yeah. That was the kind of alcohol he was pulling in.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which, I've been in that position. Like, when I was drinking, oh, man. I could put away an 18-pack in a night, for sure. Yeah. Like, if you let me get started when I'm not tired... And just sit down and plow through it. And let me tell you, it's a bad way to live.
0: It's not a good life. You do not wake up feeling good. No, no. And uh, you don't go to bed feeling good either. No, it's a nightmare. And and you don't have Mickey Mantle's genetics. Yeah. To chase that down. You and, weren't hitting home runs in the 60s. No, no. Do you know I pulled a Mantle autographed card out of a pack? Oh, really? A uh, chase, 92, score of the franchise, Mickey Mantle. Number 1458 of 2000 personally autographed cards.
1: The same kid who stole my copy of Mike Tyson's Punch Out and then sold it back to me on the premise that he stole it from someone else who stole it from me also stole my Mickey Mantle autograph cards and sold them. We should kill that guy. Oh, he died recently. Oh, yeah? I found that out on Facebook oh. and I was like, oh! Yeah, fucking. Sucks to be you, pal. Guess it, those NBA dreams didn't work out. Yeah, he was uh, fucking killed by Mickey Mantle. Yeah, yeah. Drunk uh, driving. Joe DiMaggio killed him for me. Where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? <laughs> so, yeah, by the time he gets called up, people are already telling him that he is the next Mickey Mantle, which
0: is dangerous. You want to hear that when you're 22 or whatever? Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, okay. There's a lot of. There are a lot of players from
1: this era who, when they first start playing, people are like, "Oh, they're going to be the greatest of all time," and then they just flame out so spectacularly. Daryl Strawberry.
0: Well, Daryl Strawberry flamed out in a cocaine flame. (laughs) Right,
1: Dwight Gooden too. Dwight Gooden, I think he threw a no hitter against the Cubs his rookie year. He was dominant. He was 19. Yeah. And then I remember after he got suspended for cocaine the first time, I was watching ESPN or whatever, so I would have been like eight, nine when this happened. And I remember Dwight Gooden comes back from this cocaine suspension, and there's this quote in an article where he's like, yeah, beer is my thing now. And this person on TV was like, nope, he is just going to keep doing cocaine. And he was right. He was like, nothing should be your thing right now.
0: Yeah. Just beers. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing cocaine and you have to switch to get the equivalent of beers, that's 180 beers. It's
1: a completely different high, too. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get a cocaine high from beer. Cocaine's every, a stimulant.
0: Every sport should have to have cocaine. Yeah. The there Just were a bunch of aggressive dudes with giant hearts running around. There were rumors that
1: Lefty Frizzell, who was the head coach of the Maryland Terrapins men's basketball team, often would encourage players to use cocaine as stimulant. a stimulant. I don't know if you, being from Boston, recall, but there was a player from Maryland who uh, very famously died shortly after being drafted by the Boston Celtics Len, on cocaine. Len
0: Baez's heart exploded.
1: Yeah. That is the most effective anti-drug
0: ad of right. my entire childhood. Well, he was supposed to be like the next Jordan. Kind he, of was, thing. Yeah. Like he was, yeah. He was... And, so, and that, by the way, destroyed the Celtics. It did. They gave up
1: everything to get that draft pick, and it wrecked them for years. And, yeah, I remember as a kid, my grade school had this poster that had all the different drugs, and then it had a picture next to each one that was supposed to be like what it does to you. And the picture next to PCP was a guy turning into a werewolf. So I was like, oh, well, I really want to try PCP yeah. as soon as I can.
0: I love that because that is a great way to describe what PCP does yeah, to you. It, it was great. It was a perfect example of it. But I was also like, yep, I would do that. I would 100% do PCP. But when the Len
1: Bias thing happened, I was like, I'm never doing powder cocaine. And powder cocaine, well, I've still never done like heroin. Smoked
0: crack though.
1: Right. And that's the thing. Like, It took me forever to try powder cocaine and not that great. And it's because of the Len Bias thing, because I remember around that time, there so were all these saying, stories that were like, uh, some people are just allergic to it, and their heart explodes the first time they try it. It's like, that'll be me. So you would say that you
0: were biased towards cocaine? What do you mean? Like by, like oh shit, bias Like, oh, shit! Like, yeah. <laughs> fuck! Yeah. That was good. I know.
1: That was pretty good. Thank you. So, he gets called up. He's a fucking stud in 85. So in 86... Donruss puts out the Jose Canseco Rated Rookie. The Rated
0: rated (laughs) Rookie card, everybody.
1: Gem Mint 10.
0: Gem Mint 10. This thing was worth, at one point, like $150. Yeah, it was nuts. It was so fucking valuable. And it's, I think, indicative of the problem with
1: baseball cards back then. We did an episode of The 90s Sucked about the decline of the baseball card industry. And Mm. we talk about a documentary in that called Jack of all trades yeah which you've watched i think yeah, yeah. since two stone um, and at the end of that documentary they're opening packs pack of and 80s, packs pack and of, packs of 86 got, i thought he
0: got one pack of 86 Donruss.
1: no he had um, one box so i think it's like 22 packs or something like that and not a single
0: was jose, like, we'll canseco. Get the jose canseco and his dad says it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack getting a canseco
1: yeah But if you were a baseball card dealer, you knew how to get Jose Canseco's. And that was the whole problem, is they seemed very scarce, but people in the know
0: could get them. Would you buy factory sets?
1: Yeah, you could buy factory sets, or you could go directly to the manufacturer. That's what happened with the Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. Dude. Is they ran out and then started printing them up like money when they shouldn't have. Yeah. And it flooded the market and kind of killed the baseball card industry. They still deny they did that. Yeah, but they did.
0: Upper deck. Yeah, we I remember know. One of my favorite things about baseball cards was when Fleer came in, they had no quality control. So the amount of error cards that Fleer put out is utterly insane.
1: Fleer cards always felt flimsy to me. Like it, Fleer, yeah. it felt like they were going to get damaged. I remember they had those white borders that weren't Some, great. Yeah. The 84 but, Fleer anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I'm thinking of Fleer, I'm thinking of more like that. 86 to 88. Oh, yeah. There's so many fucking error cards. There's the Randy Johnson with a giant Marlboro ad in the back. (laughs) There's uh, the Billy Ripken fuck face card, which is one of my favorite. I have a T-shirt of that card.
1: There's a Billy Martin one, too, where he's he's holding a baseball bat like it's a cane. He's leaning on it like a walking stick, and he's clearly giving the camera the middle finger like his middle finger is going down the front of the bat and the rest of his fingers. That's so funny.
0: Yeah. I think like the 87 or 88 Fleer set has this ridiculous amount of errors in it. Oh, really? Like like an out of control. Like, I think like 70 cards had errors on them. Yeah. Baseball cards then were such
1: like everyone collected baseball cards. Yeah, man. And that Jose Canseco rookie I had, I think I only had one.
0: I have one now. Uh, What'd you pay for it now? I bought a set of Jose Canseco rookie cards. I got the '86 tops traded, the '87 tops. I got the '86 Donruss, the '86 Donruss, the rookies. I got '86 Fleer, '87 Fleer, '87 Donruss, and '86 Score. I want to say. Did they come? Oh out wow! With, did Score exist? I got eight, I think, cards. Oh, I'm like saying it like I don't have. And what'd you
1: what'd you pay for them?
0: Uh, Thirty five dollars. <laughs> Yeah, the market
1: has kind of bottomed out for Jose Canseco rookie cards. Yeah,
0: but like at the same time, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's cool if you just it was want the grail cards. for
0: me. I wanted it so bad.
1: Yeah, and you got me a Bo Jackson rookie card. I
0: did. Which Indeed. I forgot about those future stars cards. Yeah, I saw that one in a comic book shop that I went to. I was at That's Entertainment in oh, yeah, Mass, and I saw it, and I was like, I'm going to get this for Adam and i did well thank you well you're welcome i'm like finding because i took some photos i laid them out uh and i'm trying to find literally the, the cards you uh, bought jose canseco ones because i fucking like the 86 donruss i wanted so bad aggressively bad
1: and it's such a ridiculous card because jose canseco has the craziest it's like a wisp sp- of a mustache he's got a dirt stash and he says in the jack of all trades documentary that it's the last time he ever tried to grow a mustache, which understandable because he looks
0: absurd. Yeah. So I have the 86 and 87 Fleers. I have the 86 Donruss Highlights, the 86 Donruss The Rookies, and the 86 Donruss Rated Rookie. I have the 87 Donruss as well as the 86 um, Tops Traded and the 87 Tops Traded with the little you know, rookie with the...
1: The '86 traded was his tops rookie card. Correct. Right? Yeah, With the pink back
0: instead of the like gray grainy. Yeah, gray, I used to look back. forward to those every year. Those were fun. See, I had that one. Yeah. Oh yeah, That's I had the that one, one I too. had. I bought it for ten dollars. I uh, saved up my money because <laughs> I fucking loved Jose Canseco. Yeah. And my best friend, who eventually became my foster brother, he was a big Will Clark fan. Ooh. And that was '86 as well. And so we would still like see whose would be more valuable.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Jose Canseco, after he gets called up, he wins Rookie of the Year in 86. Yep, he sure does. And it seems, well, yeah, obviously Jose Canseco would win Rookie of the Year. But that was such an insane
0: year for rookies in baseball. Yeah, I mean, when you look at who got second place, it's something. Because it's uh, a guy I forgot about until you brought him up to me.
1: Uh, Wally Joyner, Wally Joyner. Yeah, who he was a was, great player who was fantastic, fantastic and was very bitter that Jose Canseco won because he felt like he deserved MVP and he had a strong case like there were a lot of great rookies that year and it was such a tough year there was one guy in the majors who hit 30 home runs as rookie season didn't get a single vote for
0: rookie of the year which
1: that's insane
0: well Who's that guy? We don't even fucking know, so I guess we're right. Was it Danny Tartable?
1: No, I don't think it was Tartable. God damn it. I have it in the notes here. It's an article from 86, and like I said, we'll link to all of these.
0: So, yeah, he won. Wally Joyner had, like, a better average, I think. Right. They was all very equal. Jose Canseco got it. It was Pete Incavelia. Pete
1: Incavelia. Remember Pete Incavelia? I do. I remember that entire fucking all of those rookie cards because that was one of the first years where I was into baseball cards enough where I could be like, all right, the cards are coming out. We're going to get these fucking rookies. Yeah. Pete Incavelia. Corey Seager, I think, was another one. Was that his name? I don't know. I don't know. Because Bo
0: Jackson had an 86 tops traded, didn't he? Corey Snyder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who did? Did Bo Jackson have an 86-tops traded, or was he straight to 87?
1: I think he was straight to 87. And remember, Mark McGuire's rookie card was that weird Olympics card that came out '85 in the
0: 85-tops set. There is an 86-tops traded Bo Jackson.
1: How did Mark McGuire make the Olympics and not Jose Canseco?
0: Well, I guess Jose Canseco was already pro. To, yeah. Did Mark McGuire go to college? He must have. Yeah, Mark McGuire is like two years younger than yeah. Canseco. But there is. There is a an 86-tops traded Bo Jackson. Oh, wow. So
1: I, prob- I would have had that also. Yeah. Hard to find. It's a little pricey. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, there are still some cards from around that time that are worth some cash. There's some sets that are worth some money, but for the most part, not really. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and it's stirring up some nostalgia and you want to go hunt down a Jose Canseco
0: rookie. I did, man. I was like, fuck, yeah, I'm going to get this. Yeah, because now it's easy. They're cheap Yeah, everywhere. It wasn't that way when I was a kid. I had to, like, try real hard.
1: Yeah, that's what I liked about baseball card collecting at the time is it was always, you were always on. You were always fucking looking. Yeah. For something, and even if it was just some bullshit card to finish your set, I remember my dad brought me home a Lester Hayes NFL card. Remember Lester the? They called him Lester the Molester, and before it would meant children, it, right? He yeah. was a safety for the Oakland Raiders, and I think Los Angeles Raiders at the time. And it was the last card I needed to finish the set of football cards, and my dad brought it home, and I was like, "Oh shit, Lester
0: Hayes!" And who fuck, fuck cares about Lester Hayes? You know, what's funny is I remember reading this book about this kid whose grandfather played baseball and he was a common player, but he couldn't find his card. And then oh. some kid he knew found the card, like had the card, and he would only trade it for a 52 mantle <laughs> that the kid had. You know? Yikes. And so it was like, I remember that being like the whole thing, but like somebody thought to write that book during that craze. Somebody thought like they were going to write an O. Henry story about fucking (laughs) baseball cards. So it wasn't even a true story. No, it was just some... Oh, Jesus. It was just some young adult... But I had the book. I
1: bought the book, man. Because that's a fun story if it really happened. And the whole book is like, fuck my dad. I wish I had that mantle card. Right? would be so
0: much better. Yeah, that 52 mantle didn't go down in price. No, that's still worth some money. It's an $80,000 card.
1: There's an episode of Superstore, which is arguably the best comedy on Films television right down the
0: street right now. Yeah. They film they it. They have the whole building right there.
1: Yeah. Cloud nine superstore is very close to where we record this. And there's an episode. I don't remember how they come across it, but the store manager has a Mickey Mantle rookie card and he's like, Oh, baseball cards. These aren't worth anything anymore. And just fucking tosses it. Someone finds it in the trash later.
0: That's funny. But there was also an episode of uh, family matters about that baseball card. Oh really? Yeah. We're like, Urkel convinces Johnny Gill to come sing for Laura <laughs> in exchange for the card. Did he sing Ruby the right way?
1: I hope so. Me too. And he probably did. Yeah. So yeah, Jose Canseco, he wins rookie of the year in 86. Yeah. Quite an accomplishment. Is 86 wasn't the 40-40 year, right? Nope, that's going to be 87. That was in the, the next year. Yes. Which is the next thing we're going to talk about on this podcast. Because the thing about the Oakland A's... In the 80s, they had players win Rookie of the Year three
0: years yeah. in a fucking yeah. row. They might as well have called it the Oakland 80s. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Woo! Because it's Canseco. Canseco. And then, then McGuire, Mark McGuire. And then, of course, the best of all, Walt Weiss. Walt
1: Weiss. Walt who, Weiss. Thank you. I had already forgotten his name. Walt Weiss. Since we looked it up
0: minutes before starting this. And a couple years later, Ozzy Canseco does not get the rookie of. Jose Conseco, we yeah, we haven't even mentioned Ozzy Canseco. Ozzie, yeah, Jose has a twin brother. <laughs> his twin brother who's also a baseball player yeah. but came out second. Got a little bit less nutrients than Jose, yeah.
1: but still got a little little nick in the baseball region of his brain on the way out.
0: Not Phil quite made it to as the pros, good though.
1: Yeah, he was a professional baseball player. It's
0: funny that you can like when you look at like what we call common players, this fucking loser. It's like that's one of the 200 greatest players. Yeah, alive.
1: Yeah, anyone yeah. playing professional sports in any capacity is a rare breed of person. That's why I loved that show, Pros versus Joes. Oh, yeah. I used to love that show so much. I don't it, think I ever watched it, but it was, I know you, you need to take that poster on Pawn Stars. Right? I feel like there's a
0: market for that. It's such a weird, limited thing, though. Because who are the people that signed it? Everybody on season three. Ricky Williams is on it. Yeah, see, there's some great autographs on that. That would be yeah. a, a rarity people joe, would buy it joe carter oh yeah i can tell you john, if you want <laughs> jamal anderson alan houston bob Sapp. bob Sapp was on it adam was he bob you know bob Sapp. the bob Sapp. warren moon's in there oh holy shit yeah man kurt angle ricky williams rocky Males in there warren moon jesse armstead paul Coffey, john randall l jeff george uh, so you could sell that i would think so but I, I just i think it's such a limited market big market for jeff george autographs yeah people be like if it was just the rocket ishmael
1: <laughs> so that's our that's episode one of jose can cast. Yeah. cast
0: kendall gill oh very kendall uh gill. famous depression sufferer Arturi, arturo gatti charles oakley kenny anderson rahib ishmael joe carter jesse armstead Derek coleman Oh, wow. Marty McSorley, blacklisted from hockey. Marty McSorley. Uh, Warren Moon, Nick Van Exel, Al Lader, Christian Okoye, Paul Coffey, Dan Mahurley, John Randall, John Franco, Mitch Richmond, Brady Anderson, Sean Elliott, Jeff George. Okay, we get the idea. It's a pretty cool... It is. but that's, Oh, yeah, we're doing a Jose Canseco podcast. That's our episode. That is. I'm excited. I'm excited about really diving into this. I'm excited to talk about the Bash brothers. Yeah. Like
1: because it Jose Canseco's story up to this point is pretty aside from
0: tame other than
1: aside from making your mom a promise that you'll take all the steroids you can so you can hit a bunch of home runs. Aside from that part, pretty standard baseball experience.
0: Drafted at the time too. Yeah. He was already in the pros. Uh, I'm excited to dive deeper into this guy's life and to learn more about him. And there's a lot. There's a lot about him. And there's a lot available. He's yeah. put himself on a lot of television screens. Yeah, he's talked about these things a lot because he's had books to sell. Well, he's had books to sell. He's been doing a lot of interviews. He's done a lot of different reality shows. Three different reality shows that I can think of. Fought right Danny Bonaducci. Four different reality shows. Yeah. Because uh, I forgot about celebrity boxing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was he was on the Surreal Life. He was on the Celebrity Apprentice. He had an A and E. I think documentary about him trying to kick the roids. Didn't you just stop taking them? No, because your body stops producing testosterone.
1: Oh, that's a problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a problem. <laughs> that's why Bob had bitch tits. Ah, uh, uh, bitch tits in Fight Club. Oh yeah. That's why Meatloaf had those big tits. Cause Is that was, why? Because he was a juicer. Oh yeah. Well, he's also Meatloaf. His name is Meatloaf. Remember that Anything for Love video when he's a hideous man, and then she like hugs him and gives him love, and then he turns into Meatloaf, and she's probably like, eh, "You can just go back to."
1: The yeah, movie. you're still a hideous man. Yeah, this wasn't a, this was a lateral move. Yeah. Best. <laughs> so that's our that's episode one. We'll yeah. be back in two weeks with episode two, and in between that, premiering another biography podcast. All right, what's that with me and Travis Clark? And Andy Sell called Podcast Supernova. Can you guess what it's about? Oh, no. It's about Oasis. <laughs> Jose Oaseco. <laughs> it's about Oasis. Oasis. Oasis Conseco. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> so check that out. And those two podcasts will be running uh, alternate weeks for there the next is. three months. Yeah. So that's going to be your
0: Fridays most, going forward, people. Most of my research is going to be um, watching the Lonely Island bash brothers special which was pretty good i watched most of it i'm gonna rewatch it it's
1: like a 30 minute music video i was watching it while i was
0: away and so i can't watch it until like little bits yeah it's funny stuff
1: yeah so next episode we're talking about the bash brothers mark mcguire golden age jose canseco we still got to take that picture for the cover of this podcast we'll get get there we got our canseco jerseys yeah should we find zuba's Zuba's no, dangling, but yeah, but no. d- dangling earrings, Oakley's. I think this is fine. We'll
0: do I good. It should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Uh, you guys do mint on cards the second Friday of every month. You can check me out on Tom and Jeff Watch Batman. You know. Thanks for being a patron. The things. Check out all the things. Check out Jose Canseco. Follow him on Twitter. He's a fun follow. Yeah, I don't follow him. I should. Well, yeah, I'm right. In, yeah, all right. Time to follow Jose Canseco. What about you? What do you guys have to plug?
1: Not much. There's going to be some changes to the network coming soon. Oh, yeah? Big, big changes. We're uh, going to be changing the way you subscribe to the podcast because Patreon's kind of a nightmare. Patreon sucks, dude. So be on the lookout for that. Bolo! Be on the lookout. Oh, okay. Bolo. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Jeff. Jeff. Say goodbye. You get the literal Jose (laughs) Caseco rookie
0: card, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Give me a 10.